Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome to the View podcast, our first ever series on leaders in retail. We're so excited to have you listen and I'm Akshara, your host for today. Just under 12 months ago, we were in the middle of the great retail apocalypse. A disastrous year led to over 9 huge retail bankruptcies in 2017. JC Penney, Radio Shack and Sears each announced more than 100 store closures. There were also so many other apparel companies whose stocks hit new multi-year lows including Urban Outfitters, American Eagle and Ralph Lauren. So what's really going on with retail? Is Amazon eating retail? Is it because e-commerce has blown up and 60% of global e-commerce unicorns from China? Have consumption patterns of shoppers evolved so much that brands can't keep up? The success of startups like Casper, Bonobos and Wobby Parker has really forced physical store retailers to offer similar deals and convenience online. Brands that have been successful in 2018 know that it's not just about selling products anymore. It's actually about selling personalized experiences. And with labels like Stitch Fix raking in millions of dollars using data science and personalization, we know one thing for sure. The algorithms have arrived. And whether it's a physical store or an online channel, consumers are now placing a lot of value on experiences. The retail value chain involves a series of change makers coming together to enable businesses to sell their products to customers. Each of these actions in the chain really brings a portion of value to the entire process. But who's responsible for designing these retail experiences? We're bringing you the answer. Our podcast features the true champions of retail. We're interviewing CEOs, CTOs, heads of product, merchandising, heads of innovation, investors, and so many more people who are part of this massive retail value chain. Today, we're in conversation with Ashwini Ashokan and Julia Deepmar, the founder CEO and the chief product officer at Bu.ai by Matsri Den. Ashwini There's clearly been a rapid technological evolution in fashion, right? Brands are now so focused on personalizing experiences in a way that they're enabling shoppers to really build products and customize them to the very last detail. What do you think is going on with retail right now? I think something really exciting is going on in the retail industry, um especially this year, 2018. Um just like you said, I think 2017 it seemed like retail had hit a complete rock bottom um but this year i think this this it it got kicked off with the ipo with stitch fix um just this last quarter uh lululemon's shares just went soaring um and they say that you know greater than 50% of that growth is actually attributed to um uh, e-commerce sales right um there was just a piece last week in the new york times about how old school retail stores are seeing sales stronger than they've seen in years right and and i think any time you go out there in the market the, the sentiment uh, for the most part of this year has been absolutely positive and and i think you know it's it's a sign it's a sign of things to come for retail and i think it, the, the industry definitely hit rock bottom but it's been interesting to watch what has happened in 2018 is a lot of these brands and you know the industry as a whole has started to figure out how to pick itself up and and move on right um there's no doubt that i think we just absolutely have to um give credit where it's due and amazon has significantly changed the way consumers shop today than 
anything we've seen in the recent past, right? Um, and and seeing that, and, and then there's social media, which is the second biggest thing I'd say right after Amazon. There's a lot of kudos to Instagram and Snapchat and um, what these social platforms are doing to how people buy, right? I think both these things have, there's, there's been a significant change in the industry thanks to these two big movements that we've seen or the introduction of technology um, into this otherwise conservative, slightly more traditional industry. Um, you know, Ashwini, it's interesting that you're talking about um, change in this typically traditional industry. So um, in terms of the future, what kind of trends are you seeing in retail or things that um, you actually feel will blow up? The first is that retail, it's been very interesting to see how while the retail industry has been a bit traditional, a bit conservative, fashion has always been ahead of the curve. It has always been ahead of the curve when it comes to adopting technology, um, um, experimenting, right? Um, um, whether it's on the runway, off the runway, it's been fascinating to see all the kinds of new technology that they adopt. But what's been missing in this has been experiments that scale, right? The, the industry has been experimenting for a very long time, right? Whether it's with sustainability or, you know, moving past, you know, issues with um, body types, you know, culture, race. There's been, it's always in the center of conversation on things that are cutting edges from a cultural perspective, from a societal perspective. But if you think about it in the context of technology itself, I think the industry has been experimenting for a very long time with AR, VR, you know, every single new brand, you see new types of experiments in store, but none of these experiments have really scaled. Um, my bet for the next five years is actually on starting to see experiments that scale, right? And I think that is the first biggest shift that we're going to see in retail is not just embracing things that um, or technologies that just allow for different types of show and tell and marketing, but embracing technology that allows changing the consumer experience in store, changing the consumer experience online, connecting those experiences across different channels, um, improving uh, operationally, right? When you're going up against a mammoth, a giant like Amazon, um, you really got to, if, if the growth is one side of the story. I think the other side of the story is actually competing with the kind of economies of scale that somebody like Amazon has, which means you're really got to think, you've, you've got, you've to start thinking about things like operations, right? How do we make supply chain more efficient? How do we make production more efficient? How do you actually begin to use data in a way that your operational efficiency just soars, right? And I think these are all things we're going to start seeing experiments that scale across, across different aspects or different parts of the retail value chain. Right. That's so true. Um, but where does personalization as a concept feature when it's across, you know, um, multiple channels? You know, I think the last eight to 10 years, we saw uh, all things e-commerce soar, right? And it was, a, it was almost like a, um, a swing from all things offline and in-store to the other extreme, which is everything online all the time, right? Um, and, and what we're beginning to see now is actually a correction of that swing from left to, from from one end to the other end, right? And we're beginning to see that retailers across the globe are actually thinking about this whole online to offline, offline to online, uh, social channels and the role social channels play in this. And I think we've been talking about omni-channel and personalization for as long as we have as an industry, but I think we've been so far away from 
anything omni-channel or anything personalization across channels. And I think that is about to change. And you already have, you know, you're, you're beginning to see signs of it, right? Um, you know, order online, I mean, or order in store and get it delivered at home or order online and pick it up at a warehouse that's nearby. And there's just so many different types of experiments that companies are doing by in terms of just bringing that online and offline experience together, right? Um, I think that is going to be um, a second trend to watch out and something that's going to define um, who survives uh, successfully, who grows versus the brands that get left out. Um, and a part of that story is, of course, social, right? I don't think you can ignore um, what the social platforms are going to do in this in this online to offline story. You know, just last week, uh, there was a new uh, piece of research that, you know, uh, was published that stated that until recently, all of us kept saying, uh, you know, Google's not where people start their shopping searches, it's all Amazon, right? Amazon had overtaken Google as the platform where consumers did their first searches for products. As of last week, that's now changed. It's actually Instagram. Instagram has officially beat Amazon as the platform where consumers are going to start their searches, right? And I think that's huge. Think about how in such a short period of time, we've gone from Google to Amazon to Instagram, right? And and um, so so I think... Online, offline, social channels, um, email, right? Um, even some interesting, we, we've been talking to a bunch of retailers who've been telling us about their experiments with marketing offline as well, right? So I think we're going to have to start seeing how all of these pieces actually come together over the course of the next five years. And I think that is another space that's going to um, significantly look different in the next five years. Right, right. And, and what would you say AI's role is in the future of retail, you know, in the bigger scheme of things? The future of retail is AI. Um, I know that comes across a bit biased given we are an AI company to begin with, but I think, you know, uh, Legion of Andreessen Horowitz recently in her Twitter feed was talking about how um, asking our algorithms the new brand, right? Which I thought was such a powerful question, right? Um, to say that customer behavior has almost changed completely. It's nothing like it used to be. Um, and the name of the game right now is ease of access. It's about instant gratification. It's about, you know, Kylie Jenner wears something and she posts it on Instagram and, you know, you can't wait for an entire season before it goes through runway and then gets off into the store for you to wear it, right? You just, it's it's now a thing. And it's not going to be a thing two weeks from now when when Rihanna picks, you know, another designer locally off the LA streets and, you know, makes them an overnight kind of a sensation, right? So that's how quick things are changing in the industry. And in order to keep up, I think AI has a role to play across the board, right? Whether it's giving people just what they want, when they want, right? Just think about the idea of the timeline and what the timeline has done to the way people surf, to the way people look through stuff, right? They expect things to be automatically curated and given to them. And that's where the customer is. That is the mindset where the shopper is today. And I think, you know, being able to, no one wants to go to a hundred different sites anymore. You know what I mean? I mean, and 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 so, which, which begs the question, what is it that's going to be important for all these brands as they move forward, right? And I think the first thing is to get off legacy platforms, We've been seeing brands across the globe work with these mammoth platforms from like 20 years ago, right? Um, and that's not how it's going to be. The companies are going to have to be agile. They're going to have to be really light on their feet. And I think the name of the game is 
relevance. It's about user intent. And I think finding a way for AI to crack and what does, what is it going to take to get a loyal shopper, somebody who believes in your brand for some reason or some value. And I think having the right kind of technology platforms that can cash in on that, that can continue to grow that across the different channels is going to be absolutely key, right? Yeah, I mean, automated processes are definitely a big solution for fashion retailers, uh, sure. But before we even get to that, what is really the root cause of these problems that need automation in the first place? Uh, there's so much talk about the cost of bad data to companies. So what is it about inaccurate data that makes it such a massive problem? The underlying building block of all of this, which is just, is the data that the retail industry is sitting on even right? And I think that is probably the most important question that having worked with retailers for the last few years, continuously, we keep coming back to this problem, right? Saying, yes, we can go in and analyze and start looking at all this data to build interesting products. But it's important to acknowledge that the, the data that's available there is, is an inaccurate, right? Let's just take catalog data as an example. People across the world are sitting and tagging and sitting and manually tagging all this stuff, right? And there's extensive inaccuracies in just the way you label the products that you have. And as a result, search becomes an issue, discovery becomes an issue. And this this kind of a bit of a waterfall effect when you have data that is not right or that is flawed. And I think for us as a computer vision company, this has been a big value proposition, just being out there and saying, you know, it's important to get past manual-only forms of creating data, right? So that's that's the first part of this, this data problem. The second part of the data problem is actually how many different types of people or vendors are creating the same data across the different value chain, right? You've got, you know, retail works with so many different types of technological vendors, right? Technology vendors, merchants, all kinds of partners that's, that's in their process, and everybody is creating data, right? So no two departments are looking at the same cons con consumer in the same way. Everybody has a very different view of the customer because everybody's producing their own data, right? So, so, so again, how any given department looks at that data is also extremely flawed, right? And especially if we're talking about an online to offline to social channel, if we're talking about this whole omni-channel strategy and personalization, it's important that everybody is getting a singular view of the customer right? As opposed to how broken it is today. And then the last but not the least is actually sharing of that data, right? Since everybody is busy creating their own data, working with their own vendors, having their own perspective on what's going on, both in the market as well as with their shoppers, there's a big issue with just them not sharing that data. Like buying is not looking at marketing's data. Marketing is not looking at merchandising's data. Merchandising is not looking at the seller data. And you'd think that, you know, before somebody goes and decides the next season's you know, clothing or before the marketing team puts out a certain set of, of, of discounts even or whatever kind of campaigns, they have that data instantly accessible to them for decision making at any given point of time, right? So so I think, you know, the, the, the biggest set of problems that I believe that algorithms can solve or AI can solve is actually is, is best framed in the context of a data problem. And Julia, what do you think are the biggest inefficiencies in the retail value chain? Um, you know, there's process inefficiencies and overall operational inefficiencies, but is it just that or does it depend on the architecture of the company or the technology they're investing in or not investing in? Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Traditionally, there have been a team that is responsible for a channel, and they're creating their own set of data for distribution to the channel separately, sometimes um, not even uh, collaborating with their um, uh, partners uh, in uh, uh, throughout the wholesale department. So what that results in is not uh, necessarily inaccuracies in the data, but a lot of inconsistencies. And looking from the other um, angle, so when the data comes to a retailer from different channels, how could those inconsistencies be solved? And taking into example something as simple as color, um, one single color can be described many different ways. It can be orange or it can be tangerine sunset. Who searches for what? How do your customers actually look for the products with those types of attributes? So that, those are the um, very, very simple issues with data that can be easily solved, especially right now with AI and image recognition technologies. Also, um, going um, off of the in, uh, traditional organizational setups, because the same chunks of data exist across organizations in different formats, different databases, different systems, however you want to look at it, a lot of times it's very difficult to bring this all together and create that unified view of your product, unified view of your customer. Um, so that is something that is not very easy to solve. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a problem that... Um, is not a very sexy problem. No one really wants to spend time uh, looking at that, but this is something that is absolutely essential uh, for retail to get to that next level. And um, from a retail perspective, uh, what do you think are some of the specific problems that AI could solve? So now with technology um, that is available, we can solve inefficiencies like um, labor force, right? Just think about an example of there is a, a robotics company um, called Bossanova that developed this amazing robot that walks through the aisles of a grocery store and scans the shelves for restocking. And the uh, signal is immediately sent to the back room if it's determined that there is no product on the shelf, and it's a lot more efficient than deploying an army of workers who are who may or may not notice things. And of course, you cannot sell what you don't have on your shelf. So this is the, the lost revenue right there, um, and the easily solved problem through technology. Another problem, specifically, just kind of closer to what we're doing here with fashion, is. Um, being able to do something with technology that you're not even able to do today. Just imagine if uh, you are a, um, a brand or retailer that sells uh, clothing in various sizes. And obviously we know, and that's been proven through uh, A-B tests and um, all kinds of um, A-B tests, <laughs> that, um, um, that showing a, a piece of clothing on the figure increases your uh, conversion rate significantly. So, of course, you know, to do that, you need to photograph everything on, on models, and that is very expensive. So if you do offer dresses from sizes 0 to 24, at most you can afford to photograph the smallest regular size and then maybe the smallest plus size. But most customers are somewhere in between not being able to visualize how that garment looks in my size, not necessarily even on me, but on a model of standard size, 
is something that would increase intent to purchase trifold. And um, without a technology, it's completely cost prohibitive to even do something like that. Julia, can you tell us a little bit about um, how personalization has evolved as a retail concept? Being able to take one step further, even with technologies that do exist today, we kind of tend to say, okay, this is working, let's move on to the next thing. And what's, what stops happening is we stop optimizing. And even if you look at something as simple as recommendations that are based on the good data, we've gone through kind of traditional statistical models of people looking at this, also looking at that, um, to for furniture and, and, um, and clothing, something a little bit more efficient is visually similar. So you're looking at the dress. I'm going to show you things that are uh, more similar. Now, we are actually in the third generation or third iteration of that. Uh, what, uh, and, and that is actually determining customer's intent in that particular session and dynamically personalizing for that individual customer, not based on what thousand other shoppers have done, but what this particular customer has done in this session and what she is looking for today. And we have just ran an A-B test for one of our largest clients, and we have clearly showed that dynamically personalized recommendations increase conversions by more than 100% over, over visually similar, which is already second generation of, uh, of, of recommendations. So those are kind of the most, um, I would say, lower hanging fruits that we could have right now that could be easily solved with the AI and, uh, and these types of technologies. One thing that's, that, that came to mind as you were talking about, just we try and do these new experiments and then we're already moving on to the next, next thing, right? Like next new technology. Let's go as opposed to really doubling down on a handful of these and making sure that it's, and it kind of goes back to the point I was talking about experiments on scale, right? But just think about what what people, like Twitter, if you go to Twitter, it's on any given week, it's filled with jokes of people just saying, um, I bought a vacuum cleaner on Amazon. I'm going to be, you know, completely just, just they're going to dump vacuum cleaners on me for the next, I don't know how many weeks, right? And you've got that thing following you everywhere and it's insane. And I think, you know, what you're pointing out is just, it's so incredible how people are like, oh, personalization is such an old thing or, you know, any of this stuff is all. And no, we are just scratching that surface there because, you know, I think being able to double down on what's working and pushing the same thing across channels. Right. Imagine if we could take what you're talking about from with the dynamic personalization and everything. And the minute I get off your site, you know, what if my email you know, is now a continuation of that journey. And if I go to social media and it's a continuation of that journey there, right? And I think just suddenly being reminded, being, it's almost like subtly being very persuasive at that point, right? Uh, to, to across different channels. And I think that, that that's a fabulous point. There's one more thing that I wanted to bring up, and um, that is about what you earlier said about omnichannel. Everybody talks about omnichannel, but no one store or no one brand yeah. has really solved it. Just imagine like a very, very simple scenario that we face, all of us face every day. You go to the clothing store, physical store, you bring a bunch of um, uh, garments with you in the dressing room, you try them on, 
maybe you like one or two and maybe you buy one or two. Yeah. So the only thing that that brand, that store knows about you is what you bought. Yeah. And even that um, information is not always translated to other channels, right? But how amazing would it be if uh, the store knew what I tried on and didn't like for whatever reason? Yeah. Or maybe liked but found too expensive that so they could offer me a promotion. Or while I'm trying it on in the dressing room, I could get recommendations of how to style it for various occasions right there, somewhere on the screen in the, in the room without even, you know, associate being on my back and knocking on my door. Yeah. So it would be um, really amazing if this whole experience was brought together. Now, of course, I understand there are Again, going back to data, going back to processes, online data, offline data is not always connected. In-store inventory is not always connected to overall inventory. Um, the uh, investments in hardware that needs to be installed in stores is not always justified. But um, I pretty much guarantee if there is one brand or one retailer that actually did that yeah. and proved that there was a real value, then we'll have it come very quickly to all of the stores. Um, so there was a recent article on Forbes that talked about investors heavily um, investing in AI-based platforms because they look at it as, as this profound um, enabling technology, which is cutting across all sectors, right? And um, in fact, AI ranked higher than SaaS uh, marketplaces and even e-commerce as the technology to invest in. Um, why do you think that is? Well, you know, every every type of new technology goes through that cycle, right? Or the, or the hype cycle. And I think, to be honest, for the longest time I've been saying, you know, AI is a technology looking for a problem to solve, right? It's, it's or, and, and it's especially even in the context of computer vision, more so, right? Um, and, and as a company that deals, whose who's computer vision is, is at the core of our business, right? I think we've been asking ourselves this question, why? Why computer vision? Can something else do this better? Like, can can is there an easier way to do, you know, something that AI is already doing or is being built to um, do? And I think that question, I, I, I don't think we're at the point as an industry where we can confidently say, we know all the answers to what AI can do, right? And to a large extent, I think the hype cycle typically happens before up just before a product goes on or, or a piece of technology or something begins to scale, right? Because yeah. once it scales, it's past that peak, right? And and I'd say in so many ways, 2017, 18 has been like the year of the peak or the years of the peak AI, right? And I, but, but that said, I think what is exciting about the technology and, and the technologies that, that comprise AI, right, um, is that it's at that inflection point. Right. People are moving and it kind of goes back to my point about experiments that scale as well. And I think especially in the retail industry, I remember when we started working in 2015, 2016 with um, um, retail retailers, brands across the globe. Everybody was all about, you know, image search and visual search is the singular piece of like use case that is going to change all things retail. Right. And I, I, I remember because we had image search it was a big piece of the beginning of view.ai and one of the things that we started realizing was that no people are actually not taking a picture of what they see out there and you know looking for it online 
as many times during the course of the month. It was not yet there. This was 2015. And as a repeatable behavior, as something that is a habit, it wasn't yet a habit, right? Instead, people are looking for what Kylie Jenner just wore or posted on her Instagram, right? So there's there's a bit of a nuance there in terms of the use case or how people were embracing, you know, the need that they were having. And then to look back and go, okay, is integrating image search in the most simplest way, which is like put a camera in an app, is that the only way to do it? Or are there any other types of use cases that you can basically derive off of that, looking at how people are behaving, right? So I think that is what is beginning to happen right now with AI. And I think that is the most exciting part of, of what's going on, right? And I think the investor sentiment gas investors across the board and the market is has been super excited about AI, but I think, you know, everybody's waiting to see like that one or two companies that are really going to take off, right? I think there's a bit of that going on as well, where people are waiting to see who is going to be cutting and, and you know, cutting it and, and making it there. And I think to that effect, I'd say Stitch Fix has actually done a, a, a massive um, contribution to the industry in that, you know, algorithms driven, personal stylist, it, 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 that's a beginning. And I think that in so many ways is the beginning of the story of AI that scales. And, and I think, Yes, that hype cycle, the, the technology is the most kind of promising and, and the excitement is there. But I think what's coming within the next year or two, to be honest, is probably going to be way more exciting than just the fact that this technology existed until now. Yeah, absolutely. And um, uh, to add to that, uh, there is a lot of hype in AI because there is there are many problems that AI can potentially help solve, right? And um, unfortunately, uh, for now, um, whenever somebody says we are investing in AI, very often it doesn't, it's not very clear what problem they're trying to solve. Investing in AI in itself without knowing what problem you're trying to solve does not make much sense. AI can help with logistics, and can, can help with marketing, AI can help with data, AI can help with merchandising. There are lots and lots of different problems just within retail, and I'm not even going outside of retail. <laughs> so obviously there is, there is a lot more in that. Um, but what we're seeing right now is, um, you know, the, the uh, neural networks and deep learning and all of that uh, advances in that technology that have uh, been happening in the last five years. Now we're looking in... Uh, into generative networks and actually creating uh, something out of nothing almost, right? Creating content. And uh, we uh, here at Vue.ai are are solving, or at least starting with the problem of um, uh, solving cost inefficiencies in model photography and not being able to create as much content as is possibly needed for optimized conversion. Um, so that's where we're starting. But this is just the beginning. We're really, really at the very, very, very beginning of this, uh, what, of this, what this technology can do. And um, from a retail perspective, uh, what do you think are some of the specific problems that AI could solve? We're already seeing emergence of um, influencers that are not real people, right? Shudu and little Michaela, and we've we've seen uh, Balmain has done um, a whole campaign with virtual models. Yes, those models were created by humans, uh, graphic designers, and um, the way they're maintained right now is probably still very cost inefficient. Um, but there is technology that's coming very 
close to, on, their, on, on the heels of uh, um, of that idea that will actually allow for this to be created pretty much out of the thin air. Um, so just imagine um, that those influencers can be, every day there could be a new influencer. Every day there could be a new influencer for a new audience or a new body type or new new geography or however you want to imagine this. And, um, and it's not just imagery, it's, it's videos, it's, I can even imagine that we could have one day runway shows that we're not real human models will walk the runway shows, it could be holograms or, or something of that nature. Um, so yeah, so this is super exciting. Um, it's super exciting because we are at the beginning and we get to shape how the future will look like. So yeah, there is definitely a bright future for AI in fashion, at least ahead ahead of us. I totally agree with you, Julia. Um, there's so much happening in the retail space. There's so much excitement, um, you know. And with the proliferation of pop-up stores, the digital phenomenon, um, you know, retail is just exploding. There's so much going on. Uh, and before you know it, there's already this big war between Amazon and Walmart um, getting ready for their next battle. There's Jet.com's theme-based shopping experience. There's Prime Wardrobe. Um, and then there's also the chatbots that are changing the way people engage with brands, you know. So no brand can really do away with technology entirely. In fact, um, there's a report by Forrester called The Future of Jobs and that forecasted that by 2022, about 76% of sales tasks like cashier work, um, restocking shelves, and inventory control will be done by robots. And it's not just robotics, right? Um, there's also Shudu Graham and Lil McKellar. They're the newest virtual models of the fashion industry, and they're not even human. Um, so it's really all about leveraging technology and giving consumers this amazing um, personalized experiences and also giving them something that's really relatable, right? Um, so going back to what Ashwini said, um, algorithms really are the new brand. And there's going to be so many cool, amazing speakers that we have on here that will talk about the future of retail, um, you know, where AI stands in this whole scheme of things with retail. So watch this space and don't forget to tune in to the next episode of The View Podcast, Leaders in Retail. Thanks for joining us today. And we really hope you had a good time listening to us. See you soon. Bye.